T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning and welcome to the morning briefing for, what is it, Wednesday, October 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame, coming to you from the ConnectingVets.com HQ in Washington, D.C., and coming at you with a great show today. Of course, we're going to talk about the latest and greatest, or not so great, headlines focusing on the military and veteran communities, and then we're going to have a special interview with Aaron Childress. He is a brand ambassador, a social media star. Also a TV star, had his own show, Chili Off the Grid on the Sportsman Network. He's done work with Cabela's, Grunt Style. I mean, you go down the list of people Chili's worked with, and it's pretty impressive. Of course, the most impressive group that he worked with, the United States Marine Corps. We're going to talk to him about his service and also how he got to do what he is due now, including his latest uh, venture where he's joining up with Don Bramer and the American Freedom Fund to do some good work there, helping vets uh, get active, get off the couch and get out on the softball field or the shooting range or the golf course. It's a great conversation. I'm looking forward to having that one with him later on. Right now, it's time for mediocre conversation with the def- the definitive example of mediocrity himself. Bird Dog Briggs is in the house today. I- Morning, Bird Dog. How are you today? What's up, Eric? How are you? I'm okay. I just I keep realizing I buy a breakfast on my way into work every day. There's a drive-through Dunkin' Donuts near my house. Right. They should sponsor this show, by the way. I'm fueled by Dunkin' every morning. You, I get my extra you large. You look coffee. like you're fueled by Dunkin'. For I get sure. my extra large gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't joking. I get my extra large coffee and then I get my breakfast sandwich. That right. breakfast sandwich is typically my lunch. I never eat it until like 11 a.m. when it's cold, but it's still good. Anyway, let's take a look at what's going on around the military. And I put this on the Facebook Live segment, a header, the very top one. And it's about a redux of something that we saw, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than that. Phil, are you are you familiar <laughs> with the Sky Penis? I, I did a whole podcast on the Sky Penis. Are you kidding me? Which, um, you know, we are, of course... Uh, Navy veterans, and it was a Navy pilot that made the original one that got all the news and got that pilot into a little bit of trouble. Sure? Essentially, they fly and they uh, they have a way, you know, like planes do when they create the condensation that comes out from the engines, uh, as conspiracy theorists call them, chemtrails, because they think that airplanes are basically crop dusting the earth with chemicals to make us more pliable for government forces. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of ludicrous, but hey, believe what you want to believe as long as it's not hurting anybody else. But anyway, so they use the contrails, not right. chemtrails, contrails, and the pilot created a giant phallic symbol up in the sky. Got in trouble for that. Right. You know, the Navy doesn't have a great sense of humor. Sailors do. The Navy doesn't. I think the entire state of Washington did, or at least the folks in and around yes, the airbase that are, saw that. I the, mean, the everyone video, thought it was hilarious. The video uh, by two young ladies, I believe, who first saw it and hearing them like, what is that? What is, <laughs> is that a... Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. And now down here, Salton City in the Salton Sea. Are you familiar with the Salton Sea in California? Uh, not especially, no. But essentially, it was a man-made lake, and they built this kind of um, vacation getaway community out there back in the fifties, I believe it was. Huh. And it was like this happening place. They created this perfect lake where people could water ski and just go. It was like a resort town. Right. People bought houses out there. Um, then. <laughs> 
because it wasn't supposed to be there and because of the issues with the ground surrounding it, uh, the Salton Sea is incredibly salty, which they didn't predict. Essentially, everything in the lake died uh, and everything went totally sideways. It's now a ghost town, essentially, Salton City out by the Salton Sea. There are a few people that live out there, but not many. It's like abandoned houses. If you look it up online, it's very cool. Well, it's also not too far from Miramar Air Station. That mm-hmm. is Marine Corps Air Station Miramar, where the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing uh, has some units out there, including the T-34C aircraft, which is a, it's a training aircraft. Anytime there's a military aircraft with a T in front of it, well... Fighter Attack Training Squadron 101 is part of that 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing, and one of the pilots was up in one of those training craft over the Salton Sea, and I guess figured, well, there's not a lot of people out here that are, uh, you know, doing uh, doing anything. You're going to notice what I'm doing, and he created a sky penis. And this one, Phil, I got to tell you, and we're not going to go into much more detail on this, <clears throat> this is a more detailed sky penis there there are things about this that were not in the other one which was just the general shape again there are more details you can read all about it at connectingvets.com uh, i'm sure in his favorite work that he did yesterday matt sainsing did a story on it and you've got the uh, uh not so much the the contrails up in the sky creating this you've actually got the gps data for the plane that you're looking at on the maps and as i said uh, it is uh, maybe the most impressive one might not be the largest one but it's certainly uh, more detailed than most of the other ones have been so there's a fun story here's a story that well, can i just say the best part about that story was the fact that he included the twitter links when it was first posted and yeah. of course there's the map that shows the shape of the flight pattern which of course quite phallic and uh, then the comments underneath of it, just uh, you want to just kill four minutes or five minutes of your day and yeah. laugh like seven times. Uh, the comments included things like um, uh, Sky Dong. That's my favorite one so far. And then, of course, somebody else replies to that reply and says, Sky Dong is the name of my new folk pop band. We're done. We're not um, talking about this anymore because I, I, your filter <laughs> is so questionable that I just I don't trust you to talk about this anymore. We're moving on. I from like it. the comment. Look at no, 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 no. we get one more comment and the other one says Top Gun 2 has such a weird start. Yeah, well, that would be an interesting <laughs> I mean, beginning to the, the comment movie. thread is so Flying worth a read. Flying through the danger zone. So yeah, check that out and uh, read <laughs> it for yourself. Don't don't let don't let Phil read it for you. A story that we were talking about yesterday, focusing on the Air Force and their stupid hot cups that cost like $3,000 to replace at a little cheap plastic handle, and there were no replacement handles for, the, for the, the cups. So if it broke, you had to buy another, sorry, $1,280. So $1,300, not $3,000, really. What's the difference? Uh, the Air Force has now temporarily halted purchases of their $1,300 hot cup because probably they listened to us yesterday and took my suggestion of, why don't you just get like a Yeti? Costs like 25 bucks at, at a store. You probably get it at a, a discount through GovX or something like that. Why are you spending 1280 on these cups that plug directly into the aircraft? They've got like a European-style plug on it. It's probably not, what is it, 120 is the voltage that we uh, right. that we use in the States. It's probably like 210 or whatever, the European voltage or a different voltage. I, again, just use something that's insulated. You don't need to, like, heat up your coffee in the aircraft. Just keep it hot after making it on the ground. Again, the Air Force is supposed to be the smart ones, right? We always talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they chose to join the Air Force. And while we'll make fun of them for their uh, their lavish Air Force lifestyle, we make fun of them predominantly because we're jealous about that. But when it comes to cases like a $1,300 cup, Right. That you can't replace the cheap handle that constantly breaks on. They spent something, we talked about it yesterday, it was like $70,000 over the last uh, couple of years just at one unit. 
buying these <laughs> buying these cups. It's ridiculous. So finally, uh, Congress got involved, and uh, they are now uh, putting a temporary halt on that. Temporary, of course, always makes me think when I hear from the military, they're just doing that until no one's paying attention anymore, and then you're going to see a bill pop up for like $150,000 for these metal plug-in cups on aircraft. But The Air Force is the brother of the services that's got the bougie taste. I mean, they have the champagne taste. They like, I mean, I, I would never forget my first time eating lunch at Langley. And they had plates yeah. and like china and silverware. I mean, I was, you know. I remember going to. Um, I was like, the, what is this? The Air Cloth Force Base. Is, is Langley the one down by uh, Norfolk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They had a an amazing uh, commissary there. Like, we'd go to the one in Norfolk oh, yeah. and be like, oh, this place stinks. Then you go to the one in at Langley and you were like, oh my God, they have prime rib available at their commissary. The steaks you'd get at the Norfolk uh, Navy commissary, <laughs> not prime rib. No. <laughs> you weren't even sure that they were beef. I was like, hmm. What happened to all those stray dogs that were around here? I Not too many, many on Norfolk Naval. I haven't seen any of them lately. So the Air Force uh, is seeming to smarten up there, uh, although how much intelligence does it have to take to know? Stop buying $1,300 cups that break all the time and that you can't buy replacement parts for. It's silliness. It's ridiculousness. Speaking of silliness and ridiculousness and crimes, we've got an issue taking place over in uh, – oh, hold on a second. Where are we? Where are we? There we are. This is being reported by Army Times. There's been an issue with two soldiers over in Korea where one of them kicked a Korean law enforcement individual in the groin. Ooh. Right in the junk. Right in the jimmy. Does that really surprise you to hear about a soldier getting in trouble for something like that? You know, you, these are young soldiers that we're talking about. Stationed over in Korea, maybe had a couple drinks, getting to it with a police officer, and someone kicks the officer in the groin. Joe Chanelli saying on our Facebook Live segment, the government never wastes money and never is in all caps. So you can picture him standing on his chair in front of his computer, screaming at the screen like Marines do. Um, yeah, that's of course true. The government never wastes money. $1,300 on a cup? It wasn't 1500 so once you count your lucky stars, all right? So these soldiers doing that, maybe not the most surprising story. It's a shocking story, but maybe not the most surprising right. story. Things like this happen. Let me give you a twist, Phil. Soldiers are female. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, anything, anything dumb young male soldiers can do, females can do too. So what apparently happened, according to Army Times, is that in Dongducheon, South Korea, police responded to an altercation between two women and a 58-year-old South Korean man who's a member of the Neighborhood Watch. Now they're calling him a law enforcement or police officer uh, there, and apparently this man saw the two women sitting on a motorcycle. Uh, after midnight, and I guess that's not allowed or something, so he came up to them and, uh, uh, oh, it was his motorcycle. Okay, I'm reading it wrong. So his motorcycle, <laughs> this neighborhood watch guy goes over and tried to grab one of the women after the motorcycle fell over. So she got on his bike. She gets up from it when he says, like, hey, get off my bike or whatever, right, right. and it falls over. He's a bit angry about that. He's also neighborhood watch, which apparently is an official part of the police over there, and tried to grab one of the women to keep her from getting away. Uh, the two soldiers then attacked him with one of them kicking the man in the groin. Um, <laughs> oh, no, they didn't kick him in the groin. See, this story, it's its kind of confusing the way it was put together. Who got kicked in the groin? A police officer. So this guy's neighborhood oh, cop came to break it up. Co- police oh. were on the scene shortly after, and as they were uh, moved to detain one of those female soldiers, she apparently kicked him in the family jewels. Nice. Yeah, not nice. That's thats not, that's bad, Phil. Kicking in the groin is not something that should be done. It's unless a woman it's a, warrior, man. A life-saving don't, sa- don't mess with, yeah, don't mess with, with, with Merka, the, man. Don't. Yeah, well, you know what they're going to learn? Don't mess with the police, because they're now in custody in South Korea, and I would guess 
this is probably going to lead to the end of their army careers, early army careers, because they're both uh, young. So that's all. That's basically the only information we have on the two women. They are 19 and 20 years old. They were taken into custody and charged by the South Korean police, have since been transferred into the custody of the military police. One is reportedly stationed at Camp Humphreys, and the other is with the second ID, which is there at Dongducheon, uh, South Korea. So I, I think it's just uh, you know a great example of when we think of the uh, dumb soldier, sailor, airman, and marine out there doing stupid things, right. we tend to think of the young men yeah, yeah, who yeah. are over there. Let us not forget that there are you know, something like 15% of the military population is now female, and they are just as capable of doing ridiculous, stupid things as those young male soldiers, marines, sailors, and airmen are. There is equality in stupidity. I will... Readily admit to that. I, yeah. I mean, I can see it now. You know, they're in town, whatever, Itaewon, or they're in, you know, the bar district, and they get a little hopped up, and they see a cool Harley. Hey, take my picture on the bike. You know, you can see it. I mean, you know. Yeah, it, sounds like they were sitting there for a while, so I don't know. I mean, I, as a motorcycle owner, that that's kind of one of those uh, very, it's not even an unspoken rule. It's quite spoken. Oh, you don't, you don't, don't touch, touch somebody somebody's else's bike? bike. Don't yeah. get on somebody's bike. That's just not something that you are supposed to do. But these two young soldiers, 19 and 20 years old, uh, one from Camp Humphreys, one from Second ID. Eighth Army spokeswoman Colonel Kamisha McCullum. So keeping it, it's all ladies in this story. Just goes to show you when you think of the military as a male-dominated organization, right. not in this story, uh, uh, gave the official line, an investigation is being conducted to determine the facts. That's what she told Stars sure, and sure. Stripes. I would hope for their sake it's just captain's mast and they get a little slap on the wrist. They don't have that Or whatever they have, the NJP in yeah. the Army. I don't know what the hell it's called, but I mean, I, I hope they just get a little slap on the wrist and they and they, you know, maybe... Lose a rank, or they got some extra duty for a little while. But I mean, come on, how many guys yeah. gotten in brawls off base, and you get in a little yeah. trouble, and you go see the old man, and the I next thing you know, you're, you're, I, I got to disagree with you, Phil. You don't assault police officers. Oh, he, he came. He didn't know what was going on. They probably didn't know he doesn't was a, matter. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter when the police come and tell you to stop. Stop. Do it. And and what's the last thing to do? Kick one in the groin. You know probably why years. they got arrested though. Here's my guess. You know what hurts worse than the South Korean police officers in other regions? No. His pride. Yeah. I, I bet you when he got worked by two female Marines. He probably soldiers. Phil's talking about captain's mask for soldiers. Now he's calling them Marines. You, I don't know what the hell they are. You need to get your coffee into you earlier in the I'm, morning so I'm that just, you wake up. I could up. barely follow this story. I didn't even read the freaking Here's the thing. thing but you're I'm talking. Just, yeah, and I got confused a little bit by it as well. But <laughs> you're saying take rank. They're 19 and 20. They ain't got any rank to take. This is one. Again, you assault a police officer. You're done. That's that's pretty much how it's going to be. This is also likely going to be, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm going right. to guess, alcohol-related incident. They take Take those very seriously, well, and then sure. you you compound that with assault on a police officer, and that's not good. So these two young uh, young ladies who are also soldiers, I don't think they're too long for the army. I think they've got some time coming to an end. You can you can do dumb things and get away with it. Right. You assault a police officer, and that crosses the line from dumb to criminal. They've been charged. This could create an international incident. They're going to be done. Oh, pump the brakes. I just say when S gets real, who do you want on your team? I'll take those two soldiers any day. They got moxie. They like to, they like to mix it up. No, no. The people that kick they can police fight. officers in the groin are the kind of people that are going to commit war crimes and not think about it because they don't have impulse control. You got to have impulse control. These are, these are, they were trigger happy with their, their feet. Why trigger wouldn't they be the same with, with their, their guns? Feet. I don't want those two serving. You attack the police officer. Not only that, but when you're in a foreign country, 
you are representative of the United States military. And when it gets to a thing, I mean, this honestly could start an international incident. You've got U.S. soldiers right. attacking a police officer after they knocked over a neighborhood watchman's motorcycle, after sitting on it. I, oh, the guy tried to grab her. Yeah, she sat down and tried to knock over his motor, knocked over his motorcycle mm. and sitting on it. Yeah, that's that's like a citizen's arrest. You sit on my motorcycle, me grabbing you is going to be the just the very first part of what happens. After I like that. their moxie. I like their moxie. I I think they're ready to fight. Phil, supporting police assaulters. No, I don't. I, look, I mean, I, I wasn't there. I don't criminals. think. I just think, you know, if you're drunk and a cop tries to break it up and you turn around, you don't see who it is. Boom. Foot comes out. You know, who's. To, foot who's, comes out and then uh, you'll be setting that foot down in jail very soon afterwards. I mean, you ever been is, in a bar brawl and like not known the bouncer was behind you? I mean, it happens all the bouncer's time. Bouncer's not a police officer. I'm just saying. I mean, you, in, you a, can't in do a brawl, it. you don't know what's going on. You yeah, got to keep your well, head on hey, a swivel. Here's the thing. Don't get into brawls. That's step number one. And this wasn't a brawl. This was one guy trying to stop them and then police officers show up and shortly after they uh, arrive and the officer moved to detain one of the soldiers right. uniformed police officer saying hey come here I need to, and then you kick him in the groin no no they're done I cannot believe I am distraught at you defending young women who would attack a police officer while representing the United States Army in one of our greatest allies South Korea I'm pretty you know? sure South Korean police have a lot of experience with drunk soldiers. I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to harm diplomatic relations. Hey, it, you know what? It made it onto the the Stars and Stripes, one of their top stories, Army S- Times. I mean, this is a big story. Slow you news You joke day. around. Slow news day. You wanna, I mean, if it's a North Korean police officer, well, that's a different story. Oh, if you're, South if you're, Korea. If you're in jail in North Korea, you're clearly not coming yeah. home. No, I mean, yeah, you do we've that. We've seen that's that. Gonna be, yeah, we, well, it's going to take a while, although uh, we've had some luck with that lately. Let's move on to a much more positive story, and this is focusing on the Wounded Warrior project who oh, uh, we're working with they're going to be coming in we're, we're working with we're talking to about coming on and doing a weekly spot on the program and it's oh, looking really? like that's going to start probably next month in november and when they do come on we'll be able to talk to them about the expanding of their warrior care network thanks to a 160 million dollar grant going to allow it to serve thousands more injured service members over the next five years. So Warrior Care Network brings together Wounded Warrior Project and four other world-class medical centers, uh, including UCLA. They're one of them there. There's one in Virginia as well. Uh, You can go and find out all of the details on the story at ConnectingVets.com. Great story up there by Kayla Jackson. And uh, Michael Linnington, the CEO of Wounded Warrior Project, who's a retired three-star Army general, said, quote, I do this because for me it's really a continuation of my entire adult life. I've seen the amazing transformation of many of our veterans who transition from uniformed service to civilian life, and just as they have been amazing leaders, role models, problem solvers, and military formations, they are equally talented in civilian life if given the opportunity and the resources to heal. So this grant is going to expand their regional outpatient program and their intensive outpatient program, which will serve more than 5,000 warriors over the next five years and is ideal for service members who are Local but unable to take time off work for extensive recovery. They're able to actually live at the home during their treatment and then, you know, go out and do what they need to do. So pretty cool thing. And that's a lot of money, $160 million. And I believe $20 million of it or so, from what I read, is going to the UCLA program for veterans out there. Pretty cool stuff. Great. Yeah, they do great work. My brother works for the government also and says that uh, the hires he's made through the Wounded Warrior Project, uh, he has some of his most stellar, stellar government employees that have come through that program. Yeah, and we can list off the uh, participating medical centers as Massachusetts General Hospital Home Base Program, Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, Emory's Veterans Program at Emory University, and UCLA. So 
Those are uh, the four that are involved with this $160 million expansion for Wounded Warrior. And they're saying uh, 5000 through the outpatient program, 20000 overall, thanks to this expansion over the next five years, which is a significant number out there. All right. Well, Phil, we've only got a few minutes left, but I understand you brought something for the uh, the morning briefing it here. Just kinda, yeah, just, I just want to brainstorm with you. I want to think out loud, but I thought of some names because they, they're thinking about rebranding this show. Nobody ever went to something called the morning briefing or a briefing, rather, that they really were excited about. No, and you had to go. You had to go. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of thinking for 2019 or for, you know, looking ahead, what could make this just awesome? So I, so I thought of some names. Okay. Right. Hit me with your best shot. All right. Um, Fire away. Let's start with the Podtagon. Oh, God. Instead awful. of like, you know, podcast These, these are all going to be puns, aren't they? The Podtagon. This is Bird Dog bringing the pun game, which he's he's well known for in the ConnectingVets.com right. newsroom. So, okay, uh, no? Podtagon, no. That's a big thumbs down for me. All right. What about if you and I did it every day? We could call it Guns and Broses. Guns and Broses. No? No? Oh, goodness gracious. I think, well, Axel Rose might sue us if we do that one. Guns and Broses, Axel. you got to learn to spell. Okay, what about the Daily Hard Charger? The Daily Hard Charger. <laughs> is that like a spinoff of the Daily Caller, which is uh, Tucker Carlson's website? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But no, I just thought it sounded cool because we're hard chargers, right? Yeah. Well. All right, the Delta Vet Report. Sponsored by Delta Airlines. Well, if they're coming on to sponsor the show, I'm all for that. I was just thinking instead of the Daily Vet Report or the Daily Veteran Report, like why not make it? But then people also might think like, oh, are these guys Delta Force? And uh, yes, Phil Phil Birdog Briggs was the only sailor serving in Delta Force back in like 94. All right. What about Heavy Metal Vets? (laughs) M-E-D-A-L. What does that mean? I don't know. But I mean, it's a cool (laughs) name. It doesn't have to mean anything. It's the name. Okay. Uh. What about Roger That? Oh, you know, I knew a band in Jacksonville, Florida named Roger That. They were like a great cover band. Yeah. yeah. Um, Roger That? The know. Roger That podcast? That's more of an army thing, and I'm a sailor, so we didn't really say Roger That. That wasn't one of our things. That no? Was, yeah, that's an army You didn't thing. say Roger That? I said Roger That on the aircraft carrier. Yeah. yeah. You, didn't, you didn't spend enough time at sea there, landlubber. No. How did you not get tossed overboard while you were on board <laughs> the Stennis? How, <laughs> was... how did they not be like, oh, here comes Roger That? I'm <laughs> Oh, you can make your name that. You can have a total parody name. Good yeah. morning. I'm Roger That. Welcome to Roger That. I'm Roger This. Welcome to Roger That. There you go. What about Bronze Star Broadcast? Bronze Star Broadcast. I, mean, nah, I don't. I don't particularly. I mean, you don't have Bronze Star. I don't particular. Well, technically, no. Yeah, I, it's not on my DD two fourteen. Oh, you do. Yeah, it was after I got out. They got okay. it to me, and I've never gotten the all the more. Done, see, so, perfect. Yeah. Okay. But no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. All right. What about uh, daily deployment? They, oh, that gets. These are all getting thumbs downs from Joe Chanelli Damn and the, it, Joe. the other uh, the other ones, the other people checking us out on Facebook Live. What was that last one? Uh, the daily deployment. The daily deployment. That's actually not bad. That that's the best. That actually doesn't suck. That's I- the best of. Well, let's keep let's keep a very uh, short leash on your celebration there because the ones before it were god awful. All right, so. what about Bravo Alpha update? Bravo Alpha update. The badass the- update. Oh jeez. No, Bravo Alpha. No. No. Gosh. You're t- God, this, is, this is sad. This these is are the great. Coming up with. What about prior military podcast? <laughs> that's that's even more vague in general than the morning briefing. It used to be a military podcast, but now it's not. It was the prior military Did podcast. I say the Podtagon yet? The <laughs> yeah. Podtagon. You started off with that one. I thought you'd lead off with the top seller, and uh, unfortunately, you came at me with Podtagon. Come on. That's great. You know? Uh, no. That's, also, it sounds like Pod to God, which would be like a, a religious thing, but yeah, I'm not liking that one, no. 
Well, um, you got any more? Or are we moving on to our final story here? Airwave Assault. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm, he's done. I don't know if he's done, but I'm telling him he's done. <laughs> Whatever he wants to say. So here's a quick hitter. 42-year-old Cleveland man facing charges after Brexville, Ohio police caught him scrapping at a former Veterans Affairs Hospital for the second time. This is being reported by ABC News 5 out in Cleveland. He was scrapping out there, essentially, stealing thousands of dollars worth of insulated copper wiring. He's being held on a $500,000 oh, bond okay. on charges of theft, breaking and entering, possessing of criminal tools and trespassing. This is a VA facility that was shut down, and apparently this guy was going through to strip it of copper and selling it for thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Here's an idea, VA. You're 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 short on money. How about you go back to all your closed facilities and you strip the copper wiring and sell it? Well, why is there stuff that's worth money left in these now abandoned VA facilities? Go back and get it. That's the dumbest thing. I, it, it, that's what I got out of this story. Like, okay, this guy, uh, his name is Paul Stambaugh. He's been arrested of doing this before several years ago. He's probably done it a bunch of times and gotten away with it. Right. He is trying to steal copper and sell it for thousands of dollars. The VA is always saying they don't have any money. Well, how many closed VA facilities do we have? And yeah. how many do we have for uh, 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 th- that have things in them that you could take, like the copper or things that you could sell? I mean, just go do that. This is a simple thing. Send a crew in there that would cost less than what uh, the, the, the copper wiring and everything is worse. Seems like uh, an easy way to raise some money. Well, you're listening to the morning briefing, not the podtagon. The or, daily deployment, I don't, I don't dislike. That, or that's, Vet News HQ. Oh God, that's. <laughs> You're listening to this, the Pod to God. This, yeah, no, the daily deployment. That sounds a little bit. That, that's the only one of those that's even considerable for me. Either way, you're listening to this show that is currently known as The Morning Briefing. Coming up next, Aaron Childress is going to join us and talk about his time in the Marine Corps, his transition, and what he's doing now, including his latest work, joining with the American Freedom Fund. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the morning briefing from Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets every day is the slogan, and it's what we're doing. And you know why we're doing it. Because each and every member of our team knows what it's like to have worn the uniform. Just as importantly, we know what it's like to have taken it off that last time. The fear, trepidation, all the different things that come upon you when it's time to leave the service. And after you've left, we want to help address that. And we're addressing it through news. We're addressing it through letting you know about organizations out there to help you, benefits that are available to you. It's all on ConnectingVets.com, and ConnectingVets.com is all on social media. We are at ConnectingVets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. A little click on your mouse or tap on your phone, and you'll be that much closer to living your best veteran life. Our next guest is a veteran. He's a little bit of a social media celebrity. He's got a lot of things going on in his post-Marine Corps career. But first, let's talk to Aaron Childress just a little bit about his time in the Marine Corps. Aaron, first off, good morning. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, great. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. As I mentioned, served in the United States Marine Corps. Listen, not everybody can be in the Navy. It's okay. (laughs) Sometimes the recruiters are like, nah, not today, fella. Check the Marines next door. (laughs) Where are you from? When did you join? And what did you do while you were serving in the Corps? I am from Wichita, Kansas. Originally, I grew up in Houston, Texas, but I joined out of uh, Wichita, Kansas. Um, I actually originally joined the was going to join the Navy, and uh, I didn't join. About four years later, I realized that, hey, man, if I would have joined, I'd be getting out right now. Mm. So I went ahead and went down to the recruiting office uh, a couple of days after 9-11. Obviously, a lot of, that's a story for a lot of people to understand, but uh, 9-11 happened, and then not too many days later, I was in the Marine Corps recruiting office, and I signed up, and... Um, I spent four years Marine Corps infantryman, um, did that, 
from 01, December of 01 to December of 05. I was with 2-6 Golf Company out at Lejeune. Um, my last year in the Marine Corps was a little rough. It's what kind of spiraled me into a downtime, but then also what brought me into where I'm at now in the veteran community because I saw the downside of exiting the Marine Corps or EASing out of service. Um, I I didn't even admit to being a veteran. From I got out in 2005. I didn't even admit to being a veteran until 2012 because uh, it was a very rough year. I had lost many people. Um, as I was speaking with you earlier, I just went to Arlington National Cemetery yesterday for the first time where I actually had somebody to visit. And uh, that was a that was a tough time, but it also brought me back to the tough time when I left the Marine Corps and how many people I looked back on as joining the Marine Corps with, but leaving the Marine Corps without. And uh, it was many years before I could admit that I was even in the Marine Corps because it just I just didn't want to talk about those sort of things. And when I finally did start to open up and say that yes, I was in the Marine Corps, I found that there was a community that was struggling, um, not necessarily on this deep emotional level, though there was that. But it was just a lot of transitional issues. Yeah. What job? What do I do? Resumes. So that's a good question for you. What was your plan when you got out of the Marine Corps? Did you have one? Because I know young Marines, their plan is often, well, I, I want to eat, and I don't want to wake up tomorrow, and then I don't know. They're going to tell me what to do. You take <laughs> off that uniform, nobody's telling you. There's no gunny telling you what to do anymore, Childress. What was your plan, and how did that end up going for you? I had a terrible plan. Absolutely <laughs> terrible plan. I was so arrogant to believe that because I was a Marine Corps Infantry Corporal that I was already should be accepted for director-level positions. I believed that that's what that meant. I was in charge of 13 Marines. I was in charge of this, billions of dollars in assets, however I wanted to say it in the resume, which is a complete farce. And so I left the Marine Corps thinking with that attitude that I should just walk into anywhere and get that job, and it just didn't happen because, yeah, they love veterans where I'm at. I'm in that part of the country that loves veterans, but they also love to run successful businesses. And if mm. you aren't worth what they need, if you're not what they need, it doesn't matter where you served. And I had to, I had to take that hit on my pride over the next few years to understand that I still have to be a valuable and contributing member of society. It's not just about wearing the uniform. I have to still continue to serve in servant leadership and grow as a person when I leave the Marine Corps. It's not a blank check that just you get to just stop and then everything from here on out is a, is a handout and an entitlement. You have to continue to be a good person and work hard. You absolutely do. And we're speaking with Aaron Childress, who's been working hard. Now, as you just told us, you had a piss poor plan when you got out of the oh, Marine yeah. Corps. What was it that turned things around for you? Was there a moment or was it a series of moments? How did things start turning around for, you know, uh, recently detached from the Marine Corps, Aaron Childress? It was a few years later. I was coaching baseball. I was, a, I was a college baseball head coach and I had lost my job midseason. And all of a sudden I had nothing. I had lost what I thought was a new family. And I ran into an in individual named Carl Monger from Gallant Few. Um, at the time, Gallant Few was based in Wichita. I ran into him and he he kind of showed me, hey, you know, there's a huge community of veterans out here that are having some of the same problems as you. Let me in, uh, put you in with this group, and they're going to have ideas. They're going to have things that are going on that maybe can help you. That's when I started to see that my resume in the Marine Corps wasn't about I should be a director. I should be this. I carried a gun, so I've got that. It wasn't about that anymore. Now it was about taking the verbiage of what I did and turning it into something that was resume-based. Like instead of saying, uh, we did a movement where we moved nuclear fuel. Instead, I said we managed assets of and then put a dollar amount behind it and then talked about instead of being a corporal, instead I was a manager. And so he just showed me that there was a way to speak differently that the civilian sector can understand. And from there on out, it you know, all of a sudden I saw my career going from just being a, a you know, button pusher to all of a sudden being an executive or a director. Then it happened. 
only after I decided to become a civilian that also served. And that is something that, as you said, there are many people who kind of avoid the veteran community. And then sometimes the light goes on and brings them back into the fold. Sometimes it never does. And either way, that's okay. For you, it's led to, uh, well, a pretty interesting career overall. I mean, if you go to AaronChildress.com, that's the official website there, you'll see he's a brand ambassador, a spokesman, a partner, a mouthpiece for the makers of all fun things. He's got thousands, tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and a lot going on. How does one start in that uh, career as well as your site puts it? Comedic TV, media personality, podcast, radio host, producer, director, taco freak. That's important <laughs> and really highly featured on the site. One of the first things you see. What what made you decide to get started in this and how did it happen? I believe uh, it's probably my belief in people. I believe there are good people out there and I believe that um, I believe I have something to offer. I may not be the answer to everybody, but I might be or might have the answer to somebody. And so I went out there and just put myself out there and said, let's just start Let's just start helping people. It's all about a thing that I say. I say servant leadership versus servant leader or servant leadership versus serpent leadership. And what I believe is you can be a servant to somebody and lead them and show them things that can help them. And and so I just started putting myself out there and people caught on to it. I started speaking nationally, I started going all over the place. I got a TV show on Sportsman Channel where I was hosting my own TV show and helping veterans, taking them out and keeping them active. It brought me to American Freedom Fund here in DC where we're getting vets active. We're getting them out on shooting teams and softball teams. It's just all about pouring into the people around you. I believe in being a giver, not a taker. And you've worked with, I mean, an amazing array of companies. We're talking Reebok, Grunt Style, Cabela's. You go through the list of people you've worked for, and it's kind of a who's who of products that appeal to veterans. And was that something that kind of came about as a plan, or was it just natural, your growth into that? Was it as simple as you just putting videos out there on social media and people saying, wow, he's pretty good at this stuff, and then reaching out to you? I think it was natural, but I think if you treat people well, you'll find yourself in those positions. Not always, but for the most part, if you are out there treating people well and you are making sure that the people around you are successful and not just trying to steal from them to stair-step your own career, if you believe in the people that are around you and if there's more people doing that, you will find yourselves in those positions more often than not. You will fail sometimes, but you have to understand that failure is a way to learn, but then you take that and all the people around you can help you as long as you're pouring back into them and not taking. And that's why I ended up with Cabela's doing their Christmas commercial and all these different things, so. There's a lot of really great opportunities out there for people. Now, if someone finds themselves in a similar position as to you when you got out of the Marine Corps, you know, maybe uh, just after getting out, maybe years after getting out, where they didn't have a good plan, they don't mm -hmm. find themselves in a good place, what's the biggest recommendation or piece of advice you would give to someone who's, who's still struggling with that transition from uniformed life to, you know, wearing whatever the hell you want and growing a beard? <laughs> there's, two, there's two answers to that. One is find a good community, a positive community. I, I can't stress that enough, find a positive community. It's so easy to find a community out there that wants to complain about their service, wants to complain about other veterans groups, and just wants to complain. If you find yourself in a conversation where it immediately begins complaint, understand you're witnessing serpent leadership right there. You're witnessing somebody that wants to take from you. They want to take your joy. There is a great life out there if you want to have it, if you can stay positive. So find the people that are positive. There's also another thing I see vets do a lot of times, and I did this. I, was, I did this. I ran into a relationship immediately. I had just lost my best friend and my roommate in September of 05, and I was already on, uh, looking to get married within a year after that, after leaving the service. And, and I think I made a very immature decision, and I see it over and over again. When the whole veteran suicide crisis blew up, I was taking a lot of phone calls. 90% of them 
were veterans who were struggling with relationship issues, not necessarily PTSD issues. It was relationship issues almost exclusively. And, and I can understand that. I know, I know there's all sorts of other factors and I don't want to open that can of worms, but it, there was many, many relationship issues. That's an interesting thing that we don't hear people talk about too much. And, and we see it in the service. I can't tell you how many young sailors as a, as a petty officer first class I tell, like, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to marry that bartender that right. you just met last week in Greece. <laughs> maybe that's not the best idea, but hey, what did I know? I'd only been around doing it for a decade or so. Do you think it's it's difficult or more difficult at that point in your life to figure out who's there for you and who's there for themselves or for the wrong reasons? And, and, and what is it that kind of helped you see through that after running to a relationship that probably wasn't the best idea right. when you first got out? How'd you finally figure that out? It is tough because, uh, you know, as well as I do, it's a different sort of friendship when you leave the service. You're dealing with people that you see night and day every day, and and it's a family, it's a brotherhood, it's a bond, and then you get out and you don't have that. And so the first time you see somebody that gives you a lot of attention, more than most, you feel like that is the key back to your what you're missing. And, and I think uh, that's why you just have to look for keys. You have to get in the right community before you build those relationships. You have to get in the right community, and that's why I said earlier to look for people and how they speak to you. If their constant message is taking and insulting other people, that's who they are and they're showing you. That's not the situation you need to be in. You need to be in the situation where people are building up the people around you because that's the only way we're going to have a great community is if we build each other up. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And there is a lot of tearing down. And yes. as you said, oftentimes there's going to be some of that no matter where you go. Right. There's going to be the complaint. But if it's the first thing that comes up in a conversation, that's... Mm -hmm. That's not even a red flag. That's the only flag. Right. <laughs> you, you know what's going on. Oh, yeah. You know? That was one of the things I keyed on when we would go to a new barracks. The first guy to wit uh, the first guy to introduce himself to you at your new unit was probably the last guy you needed to hang out with. And I always, I, I've kept that. That's not always 100% true, but I've always kept, kept my eyes open when the first person introduces himself to me. I watch him. Yeah. Well, there are those people that are just legitimately friendly, but yeah. I think particularly in the military, it mm -hmm. was oftentimes those guys who'd be like, they'd wait until they figured out what you were before they decided to help exactly. you out. And that's, uh, that's an, another interesting thing. Of course, as you mentioned earlier, we're speaking with Aaron Childress. Aaron is many things. He's a comedian, basically, TV host, brand ambassador, uh, also doing some work now with the American Freedom Fund. Absolutely. And our friend Dom Bramer, who's been on the show before, how did you come to be uh, in contact with Don and the American Freedom Fund, and, and what are you hoping to do in your position with them? Oh, I, I came about with uh, with Don. I had done a few trips here, business trips to D.C., and we had uh, we were in the same community, um, and so uh, he introduced himself at an event, and we hit it off. Great guy, just a, a guy that I can I can back completely in his mission. And it was actually a surprise that he brought me onto the board of American Freedom Fund. He just called me one day and he said, the board has decided to bring you on to the board of American Freedom Fund, which I thought was a huge honor. I've served in with veteran service organizations before. And what, what American Freedom Fund is, is the goal is to get, I'll keep it simple. The goal is to get veterans off the couch and active. However, that is, we have a softball team, a shooting team. Uh, we have a golf team starting. It's just, it's, there's no huge overarching scientific linking up the, the dots of how we can solve problems it's just get active just get active and we've provided these softball teams that travel all over the country golf team same thing shooting team just won a competition out in the pacific northwest our softball team was i believe i want to say they were third in worlds uh, just down in florida i believe that's what they finished um it's an amazing program because they've kept it simple 
Yeah. It's just we want to make sure that you stay active and stay off the couch because the first time you've seen it as well as I do, the guys that just sulk and sit on the couch, there's often not much good that comes out of that. Yeah, and and even for those who are uh, are still active as far as socially and getting out to work, myself included, I've put on too much weight since I got out of the military and getting out there and getting active. It's finding the right thing for you, finding the fun thing to do. I will never be someone who can run around a track or run down a run. <laughs> if there's a ball involved, I'll run for days. If yeah. there's no ball involved, I can't do it. <laughs> but just knowing that there are organizations like American Freedom Fund out there trying to find those things, it's kind of heartwarming, you know, yeah. to know that there are people, particularly I'm doing okay, but I know there are people out there who are struggling, they're yeah. having mental health issues, as well as just not knowing people, not getting out there. How big do you think that can be and how much more of uh, what the American Freedom Fund is doing would you like to see through other organizations around the country? I believe American Freedom Fund can be big, but I think our key is to be manageable. Hmm. I, I, I believe that our key is to always have an impact. And, and I think if you get too big and you lose your impact, what's the point? So I think our, our growth is built around are we still impacting veterans? You know, we, we are expanding the softball team, but we're not adding 25 teams. Could we add yeah. 25 teams this year? Absolutely. <laughs> They're all over the country. But should would that be effective? No. Right now, it's it's going from one team to three teams to five teams. And then the golf team. And then the shooting team, which is now six individuals, uh, Vietnam-era veterans. You have active duty um, individuals that are on the team. And, and we just want to make sure we're manageable. Um, and, and so the growth is the growth is going to happen. For one, we have a, a, an event. I'm not sure if you're aware of the M3 event that uh, happens uh, every year. It's the, fifth, it's the fifth anniversary of it this year. We're, we're doing the M3 event at the, it is at the National Museum of Women in the Arts here in mm-hmm. D.C. on December 5th. It's the American Freedom Fund Gala at the end of the year. It's a big Christmas party. Um, I think we have 15 elected officials, congressmen that will be there. Um, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but uh, Nick Palmiciano from uh, Ranger Up. Oh, from Ranger Up. Yeah, Yeah, Nick. Graham Allen is speaking there. Just a huge event on December 5th at at, uh, the National Museum of Women in the Arts. Uh, that, if you look at that as as a scale, that has grown so much in the last five years to where now... We have 150 VIP tickets, and we're still a couple months out from the event, and we're almost sold out of VIP tickets. Mm. So, yes, we're growing. You can see just the growth just in that. You can see the growth in the team and then the awareness, You know, whereas social media numbers need to grow a little bit. But I think our effectiveness has been in word of mouth, like right. on the bases. We're, we're very active on the bases because that's where the softball teams take place. So Yeah. There's a, a lot going on there. It's also, you know, it's not something that you want to expand too much or particularly right. too fast, too soon, because how many businesses and organizations have we seen go down in flames right. because of that? Remember when there was a Krispy Kreme on every corner? Oh, my goodness. How many Krispy Kremes you see around today? Yeah. Not a lot. That's part of their problem. Um, but it is also something, the American Freedom Fund, that's also providing a bit of a blueprint for others who might want to start their own similar organization. You, right. you guys are really showing the right way to do this. And when it comes to that overexpansion, I've talked before about it, uh, with Shot Chowdhury and the team at Assault Forward, a bunch of Army officers who were going through an MBA program after they got out, put $2,000 into producing lapel pins. First run, $2,000. They haven't had to put any more money back into the company since then because they managed it properly. Right. And that's a big key for those things. When you 
are approached by organizations, particularly those that deal deal with veterans. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we were talking about the snake oil salesman earlier. There's a lot of organizations out there that have turned out to be less than honest about what was going on, less than honest about where everything's going. As someone who organizations like that reach out to to try and have speak on their behalf or join up with them and share something out for them, how do you try to vet those organizations and make sure that they're doing things the right way, like the American Freedom Fund? There will always be things that slip through the cracks, no matter what. Um, you will always have people in in your life that seem great on the outside, and 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 they end up not being. I'll give for instance. Uh, I had a producer for my TV show that had all the connections. He said he said he had all these people I could call, and those were his references. And I called every one of those people, and they knew him, and they vetted him. And these are top name country artists, NFL players. These are real deal people that right. have the blue check marks. These are the people and they knew him and they vetted him. And then it turned out he was a crook. Oh, man. How do you how do you get past that? And I think it goes back to having the community around you and an understanding community that I, I trust Don Bramer. I trust Don Bramer with my life. Um, he, he is a great individual and he has a great barometer for people around him. And, and I watch what he does. And the team that we have involved with American Freedom Fund as well as Bramer Group, great eyes, great eyes. They can see what's going on around them. And you just have to make sure that you're listening to everybody around you who has a, an outsider's perspective. So if a company does come to you and you may not have the answer, you have to be okay in yourself and to not be arrogant and egotistical. You have to be okay in yourself to understand that you might not have the answer at that time and you do need to ask somebody else and you do have to vet them and listen to people. A lot of times people have a preconceived idea. They're like, okay, I really want to work with this company because I love their logo, I love their product and I want free stuff. So I don't care what you tell me, they're going to work with us. And then you find out they're snake oil salesmen, but because your own arrogance and and ego got in the way, Mm. you can sink a company. You You have to wash that away and listen to the people around you or else, why do you have them around you? Yeah. And a recurring theme here uh, with, with everybody that I've talked to on this show is listening to what's going on around you, finding out who you can trust and listening to them. Is that the biggest takeaway for you in working in the, uh, the, the venues and avenues that you do, figuring out who's in it for the right reasons and then trusting in those people? Has that been the biggest thing for you, would you say? Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, hosting a TV show, being on social media publicly, and you probably deal with this too, people are gunning for either our position or our money constantly. And even if it's perceived, like just because I host a TV show, I'm not rich, but I will constantly have people after me, um, supposedly positively after me. And uh, it's the same with uh, when you're with a a nonprofit or even a, a bigger corporation. People are constantly wanting to find a way to get in your good graces and they will do some of them are it's all about survival they will do whatever they can to get in there and sometimes it's not very wholesome yeah and for it, that 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 goes for everybody really i yeah. mean if you are a veteran there's a good chance that at some point in your life somebody's going to try and take advantage of you or take mm-hmm. advantage of that fact uh, whether it's uh, through some sort of scam and phishing thing or something like that, or if it's something a little bit more uh, uh, direct where they're mm-hmm. actually just out looking for veterans. Keeping an eye on all that stuff is certainly a good idea. Well, if people are interested in keeping an eye on Aaron Childress and everything that you're doing for the American Freedom Fund and everything else, what's the best way for people to keep an eye on what you're doing and get in touch with you if they have some questions? You know, I think you're someone that a lot of people would probably trust and has some <laughs> some good information on uh, you know the companies and the businesses and all that stuff. Uh, how do people go about uh, reaching out to you and following you? Well, there's always my my 
a website, which is AaronShoulders.com. But it will always filter back to social media, which on my social media channels is going to be official Aaron Childress. That's Facebook and Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter very much. I am on Twitter. It's AMChildress1 because they don't believe I should have the ability to use enough characters to have official Aaron Childress. <laughs> so, but um, on Instagram, it's official Aaron Childress. On Facebook, it's official Aaron Childress. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can all, I, I do a lot of work through in, uh, LinkedIn. If you find me on LinkedIn, absolutely connect with me. I love working on LinkedIn. And your Instagram account has some really inspiring stuff on there. It has some humorous stuff on there. My favorite one, I think, and this is recent, and this may be my favorite Instagram or a favorite post, uh, I think it was on Twitter originally that you put on there, using the word soulmate is offensive to us gingers. You know, <laughs> I want, I'll, America, are you listening? <laughs> is, isn't it that holiday coming up that South Park instilled? The, yeah. Uh, kick a, yeah, I recommend not doing that to Aaron, but using, the, I'm going to, my cousin, Adam, has, uh, he, he was born with that unfortunate condition, and oh man, I'm going to have to use that yeah. one on him. I haven't yet, but I'm going to. So yeah. what can people expect from like your social media accounts if they go on instagram who should follow aaron childress on instagram who would you recommend click that little little button i am family oriented you're not going to get a lot of filthy humor from me i don't do the shock humor i'm family oriented i just try to have fun for the most part i'm going to try and make you laugh and i might not even cuss because i generally don't cuss i'm, I'm somebody that your kids can watch because i'll have my kids on there i'll have my wife on there um i just want to bring positivity to your life and if you find that i'm not let me know i mean I'm, i may not change my tone but I just want to make sure my, – my belief is that you should you should let somebody end their day better than it started. And if you can have a hand in that, you've had a successful day. Well, wise words and words to live by. And those are the words that Aaron Childress is living by. Aaron, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time, and I appreciate all the good work that you're doing out there, brother. Thank you. I appreciate your time as well. And that just about does it for this edition of The Morning Briefing, which, again, will never be called the Podtagon Oh, God, what a what a horrible list of possible show names that was from Phil Bird Dog Briggs. But we do want to thank the Bird Dog and Aaron Childress from checking uh, from Chili Off the Grid and from the American Freedom Fund and oh, so many other places. Of course, you can find him on social media, as he said, official Aaron Childress everywhere except for on Twitter, which he doesn't use nearly as much. So you can find him on there. But as he said, it's not really his go to uh, place for doing all of his social media stuff. But some really, really cool stuff that Aaron is doing and working on, including that new work with the American Freedom Fund and Dom Bramer, who we've talked to on the show before want to thank you so much for joining us today. Tomorrow, we're going to have Oscar winner Nick Reed on the program. Nick is also a veteran, a veteran of one of our closest allies, the Royal Navy. He was a pilot for the Royal Navy, and now big-time Hollywood film producer, Oscar recipient, and he's going to talk to us about Soldier's Story, a documentary focusing on World War One and the modern era and how very little has changed about warfare in the hundred years since the U.S. entered World War One, and since World War One came to a close on November 11th, 2018. Getting close to the anniversary of that. All right, thank you so much for joining us tomorrow. Nick Reed, you'll want to stay tuned for that and so much more. Morning Briefing, Eric Dame, see you tomorrow. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.